to misrepresented the podcast i'm your host lynn and my co-host it's your girl truth welcome or welcome back to another episode we're gonna get into some things today um definitely gonna keep it black this episode um should i just go ahead and who's get black? right into it who's black in this room i'm just kidding <laughs> hi y'all Here's Blackie. Side eye. Bombastic. What are we going to talk about today? Okay, so we're going to talk about some um, coonery, if I, if I can. Not say this word way. again. Not this word again. Um, it, There's layers to this. There's layers. There's layers. And we're going to get into all of it. Um, But firstly, let's just talk about the incident. Um, mm. So TMZ caught Michelle Rodriguez. Um. Obviously intoxicated, saying that um, the white people's superheroes, right? We're stealing, the minorities are stealing the white people's superheroes. Um, and Should we replace the white people as the villains? She was drunk. I'm confused. So she's confused. <laughs> okay, continue. I think um, basically a lot of. Uh, people who are less melanated are maybe confused. They seem angry that a lot of heroes are being recast. Define hero. Who's right. a hero? So here? when we think of things like Spider Man and okay, um, I can't really think of. Is any. he black? He's like Afro Latina or Latino. Not white, anything that's got an African in it. To them okay, but before fits into okay, that category. I'll, I'll let you finish before I just. <laughs> no, I'm finished. You go, go ahead. The thing that's so annoying because I'm hearing what you're saying, right? And you're like, they basically saying why are they, why are we taking away all of their superheroes? Um, last I checked, y'all were all of the superheroes. So taking away is just a little weird. Right. So I need a little bit more context here because. Mm -hmm. So that's the way that they're saying it, because, you know, like, why are we remaking? And then mm -hmm. we'll throw in Little Mermaid okay. there. Why are we remaking stories okay. that are already existing with, with now? That's a great black question. Characters. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of that, you know, sure, we could be making our own stories with, you know, black heroes or you know actually telling the stories of black heroes who are already existing in comics so they're basically wondering why we're recycling um old school characters and making them black correct so they're basically coming for disney pretty much pretty disney much because pretty much disney they own all of the it. only person who's yeah been doing it right um 
but why are you mad? Why does it affect you so much? <laughs> is the real question. Um, and then the second thing is why, as you, you specifically, Michelle Rodriguez, who is technically a white Latina. Oh, um, ouch. So upset. Like, why do you consider her a white Latina? You taking away her Latinaness? No, there there are white Latinas who are white and Latina. Is she white and Latina? So this are you is just what, speaking? <laughs> are you just this is mad what at I her? Say. No, this is what I will say. Oh, so Lord. the way that race works in America has evolved. Before, you know, and there were things like the brown paper bag test. There, basically. This is the only thing that they're using to define you as black <laughs> today. Okay? Stop it. And if you are light enough, typophenically not black, no matter if you are anything other than white, you are white passing and therefore white because the way that um the actual demographic is changing white people are more you know inclusive of other non-white phenotypically looking white people and as you can see a lot of people in the latin community mm -hmm. are now self-identifying in ways that are historically white and racist um and I will say that this has been my experience even in, on my college campus with the Trump era. There are a lot of people who were Latin American subscribing to Trump's ideology that didn't really make sense to me until I started, you know, putting the pieces together that there's been a force or a concerted effort to include white Latinas in the identity of whiteness. And that's the only explanation that I can come up with. Because Which is why on the applications it says you white, non-Latin. Right. How are you subscribing to these ideals when your parents, and I'm not just saying this kind of like, oh, just you know, trying to be provocative. Yeah. Your parents are first generation. They came here. You are the first generation here, and you're talking about building a wall. There are students, you know, there were students on campus who were struggling with the DACA situation who, you know. Is it possible that their position is threatened? It may be, but then it comes into that place. How are you a person with a soul so concerned about protecting yourself that you can't be considered of people that you're not too far removed from? Your, yeah. per your parents were immigrants. Their first language isn't even English. And you are subscribing to ideas of whiteness. One, it's scary that you feel that, you know, you can do that. Two, it's scary that it's already so acceptable that even you can see it. And I've experienced it where sometimes, even if you are a little closer to my skin tone, and they can tell that you're not, you know, phenotypically black, you pass. And so that's why I say white Latina, because increasingly that line is blurred. Latina and white are becoming more similar. <laughs>
So as a white Latina, why does it, why? Because more and more are subscribing to whiteness. Mm-mm. And it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for them to have that access because I can act like a, a white person and, you know, fit in, but I'm not going to be treated as one by the police, by the system, by then the system itself is increasingly accepting. Yeah. So, I, I, that was one layer of it, that the fact that this is coming from a white Latina. So she basically just said that we're making all the white heroes black and brown. And that's it? Right. Basically, she's saying, why are we changing things? Why are we taking, why are we letting these minorities come in and take, take superhero roles? And did she say it in a way that was racist? Yeah, go on and play it. Don't know how the audio will play. It'll play very crystal clear. Okay. like minorities and Hollywood things like stop stealing you know all the white people's superheroes like make up your own you know what I'm saying like what's up with that I think it's so stupid for like okay let me ask you this stealing don't stealing oh that's so funny wow okay so there's two things to this one i want to point out that she did say stealing which is so funny because whenever black people do something it's automatically associated with thievery but let's not forget elvis presley and all the songs that he stole right he just borrowed them um (laughs) everyone else is just like borrowing right like when katrina was happening and the white people were going into the stores and the black families were going into the stores and taking things that they needed the black people it was stealing the white people it was trying to survive Right. So one, what she said had some truth. It's how she said it. Right. She did have a little racist tone to that by simply saying stealing. Honey, one thing you need to understand is black people ain't stole shit. You need to get that through your thick skull. Okay. If you want to talk about anyone stealing anything, it's the white people. It's not us. So relax on that. Right. And you have been so washed a couple of times that you have failed to realize what has maybe even happened to your people. Yeah. So we're not even going to go there. You were drunk. The, your truth came out because, honey, we all know when you're drunk, the truth comes out. Right. It's not a secret anymore. We now know how you feel. Now I'm going to speak from a black perspective that I absolutely agree that we do need our own stories I don't agree that we stole anything, but I do think that we need our own stories. I would have loved to not have a remake of The Little Mermaid. I would have loved for this young, black, beautiful, talented actress to have something that was her own. She could have been a mermaid. She didn't have to be The Little Mermaid. She could have been a mermaid named, you know, whatever her name was. (laughs) (laughs) She could have been a mermaid with a different storyline hitting her notes and giving us something new. I feel that she deserved that, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was so worried. I was so concerned when I heard that this beautiful little baby, Halle Bailey, was going to be playing the Little Mermaid. And I remember having a conversation with black friends of mine and expressing my discomfort with how society, hence Michelle Rodriguez, who I was a huge fan of until today, right? I was concerned about protecting who she is because of how society treats us, right? Mm -hmm. I knew that when she got into this role, no matter how great she did, people were still going to come with the buffoonery and mock her. Mm -hmm. So no one's stealing anything. They came to her. They found her and asked her to do this role because of the range that she could provide to the character Ariel. Now, I would have loved, again, I'm going to reiterate, for her to have to have had her own storyline. I think that that would have done her more justice. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when you look at Black Panther, everything that Disney does, no shade, shade. Everything that Disney does is almost like a remake. Notice how The Lion King, Black Panther, the similarities. I'm a huge 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 Lion King fan. You cannot tell me that Black Panther and The Lion King did not have similarities. Like the scenes with the dad dying and, you know, mm-hmm. come on, you know? So I think Disney, it's on theme because they're in their era of live action remakes, which is why they did they need The to Lion stop. King, which is why they did Cinderella, they did Aladdin, they did Belle. Who was Cinderella? Um, when, did, when did they do Cinderella? I forget. It was a while back. You talking they did about do. with... Um, with Brandy? No. And with- <laughs> that was our version, but we're going to get into that too. Okay. Um, but no, they did a live action. It's been so long ago that I can't remember who the actor was that played it, but they did a live action with, you know, human people. It wasn't animated. Um, and, you know, some of the stories they had to still do animated as close to real live action as they could with The Lion King. Um, so that is a theme that they, they could have, have left the Lion King along with too. Beauty and the Beast and all of those things, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was a big uproar with, you know, people being uncomfortable with the person being the teacup and whatever being gay, but they were okay with, you know, Belle fucking on a beast um, <laughs> or being romantically involved with the beast. Um, so, you know, that happened in that era. And then so now Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> they had issues too. Right, but that was still like an animated movie. But so, the thing is, is that Disney has, you know, it's not out of theme for them to make live action versions. However, I do think that it's a, a an effort or, I guess, a marketing scheme to be more inclusive and reach an, a broader audience. They know what the black dollar does. But when you do and Coco so to, and you do, um, what was the one where, what they did Coco, didn't mm-hmm. they? And then they also did the one that was... Um, we don't talk about boom no 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 okay okay mm-hmm. so you you have the capability to do it you give us fucking princess and the fucking frog and you scare half the children out the fucking theater sorry but not right so there's this part of trying to bring in the back dollar while also protecting their investments by making things that are for us in my opinion, multicultural, because why did it have to be an interracial relationship in, you know, The Mermaid? If you were going to, you know, decide to go with a black person, and even with our version of Cinderella, the the main character male was Asian. It's kind of like, they always make our stories 
cro- like interracial as opposed to a black story. And, you know, those animated films were, you know, Latin American culture through and through. You see what I'm saying? And so we don't really have things like that. And, you know, and that's why I want that as opposed to making The Little Mermaid again and throwing this poor, beautiful girl up <laughs> to be crucified by society. Hence, Michelle Rodriguez. Right. So I definitely think that, yeah, that we are sorely lacking. Um, And I'm not really sure. I haven't really heard many voices in the industry on why we don't have that. You know, we have great creators who aren't really in the animated space, but like Jordan Peele has created just black movies that aren't really some of them about, you know, being black. But some like Nope was just a black main character film that was just a film that you could enjoy it wasn't something you just had to you know relive the trauma or experience of being a black person in america and i loved us too and you talk about tyler berry's movies (laughs) (laughs) no because slip that in there no because jordan peele has done you know things like get out where it was you know about and i will say that jordan peele as far as cinema cinematography wise like just the shot choices and things like that is very artistic through and through the actual story itself. So all around, he's like just a black creator who's very good yes, at what he does. We love Jordan. Um, and <laughs> when it comes to the world of Disney and things like that, we don't have we don't have any stories, and I I don't really think we have the creators as well, and that and that comes into play with you know, the the white Latinas having more space in those places to create things, to have a voice that we don't have. Black people be so hated. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. But, and the crazy thing is, we love those movies. We support those movies. I'm probably even. I might even consider watching Encanto tonight just because you brought it up. Because I love those movies. Um, but yeah, it's interesting what what gets valued and what stories get told for us that aren't really by us. Drops the mic. <laughs> um, and that's all I really had on the agenda regarding that. So, well, I have something. Oh no! <laughs> what do you have? I found something quite interesting. Anyway, um, I found something very interesting. So mm-hmm. you know, I have, I, I have always kept when my grandfather passed away his newspapers. Mm-hmm. And this newspaper is from June 9th, 1968, when um, Robert F. Kennedy was shot. Oh, wow. And you know how we've been talking about reparations. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I shared a video with you about Palm Springs in California? Yes. It what used do to you, be a black city. Yes. What do you remember about it? Not very much besides that it used to be a black city and obviously... You know what happens to black cities. Something but, along those lines. So you don't remember exactly what happened with the, the fire department and... Oh, the fires, yes. Purposely starting the fires, being accused with the fire department to make sure that, you know, those fires didn't 
it back. Right. So this was Sunday, June 9th, 1968. Mm-hmm. Investigation. Palm Springs. Wow. I have proof that it happened. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> the look on your face right now. <laughs> A report from the office of the state attorney, Thomas Lynch, last week criticized the city of Palm Springs for what is called the imperious destruction of homes in the predominantly Negro district. You're using Negro. It said the homes of about a thousand persons were bulldozed and burned in a disregard for the rights of minority citizens. The report resulted from an investigation into the clearing of a mile square area in the desert resort called Section 14. The homes were destroyed in 1965 and 1966, although, sorry, although the report said there was no evidence that any crimes had been committed in the removing residents of Section 14 and destroying their homes, it charged that some householders weren't given proper notice of the impending destruction and saw their homes destroyed and their property burned. I think there's more about this or is it not? Let me see. Nope, that's it. Hmm. And then it talks about the area of, oh no, it, it goes on. Area of poor residents. Deputy Attorney General Lauren Miller Jr. who made the report said the land was for 35 years the chief available living area for working people in the Palm Springs area and was known as Indian land of the Aqua Caliente Indian Reservation. During the past three decades, this area became the primary residential area for the Negro Mexican American and Indian population of Palm Springs. The report stated affairs of the Indians holdings titled to land in section 14 were in the hands of the conservators of their estates. In 1959, a new federal law provided for a 99 year lease. The report said, and when these long leases became available, the city and various real estate developers became interested in the commercial development of section 14. The city proposed that the Indians through their conservators and the leases or rentals of the land and the city then would clear the land. And then it says inadequate, inadequate notices charged. It was after conservators signed destruction permits that the bulldoze, the bulldozers moved in and firemen burned the debris, but many citizens were not given adequate notice. The report maintains that they were supposed to get a 30 day notice, but some only got three day notices and some got none. According to the report, Ernest J. Moore a neighborhood worker in the anti-poverty campaign made the complaint to the governor, Edmund G. Brown, that stated that the investigation, um, that started the investigation. Moore said 
the service population of Palm Springs no longer had a place to live in the city, and many were forced to commute to work from Banning and, and Belmont, 25 to 30 miles away. Mayor Howard um, Weffels of Palm Springs said that the charges in the report were probably very grossly exaggerated. Wow. He said probably. That won't end up, stand up in court. Probably. <laughs> probably. Isn't that crazy? Yes, How I sent I you that and then I have the freaking article in my house? Like, to me, I don't think that certain things are by coincidence. Yeah, that's crazy. And on the front page is a dead Robert F. Kennedy. Did you know I had that? I know you had this. I didn't know that that same story was in here. Right. They they was calling us Negroes. That was in 1968. Mm -hmm. That was before. So he was, so it was Martin Luther King in April of 1968 and then him. Because I had Martin Luther King's uh, Los Angeles Crusader too. Crazy world we live in. Very crazy. I felt like, let's share it because I think the last time we talked about it on the podcast and I was like, how cool that I found this and I would love to share the fact that it clearly is true. Mm -hmm. uh, an article from June 9th, 1968 doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. And just reading it, it sounded very interesting. It seems like if I understood correctly, the land was tribal land under a conservatorship by who is the question because whoever was the conservator of that land was the one who gave permission in cahoots with the local government to make sure those people... What if it was the government? Right. And Which that's is why, why they're talking that's about why reparations. They use that kind of wording, oh, the conservators, let's give these lands to the tribal people, but, here's, but under a conservatorship, right. who's the conservator? Right. What I wanted to say is it seems like reparations is due to more than just black Americans. Reparations is definitely due to everyone. However, mm. no, I'm, okay. not listen, <laughs> okay. to all of the minority groups. But again, the only one that I'm going to fight for is us. Is us. Not because it's us versus them. What, slavery? Not, not even slavery. Every group has gotten something what is what have the i know what the indians which is so weird the native americans i know that the native americans have gotten something right mm -hmm. what and have i'm not saying that Mexicans it was gotten and I'm, I'm not saying that it was sufficient they got something but yeah. it was something mm -hmm. the the land that was quote-unquote taken it was it was purchased it mm -hmm. wasn't just you know we're taking this land and you know we're not compensating you Right. It wasn't a fair compensation, but that Louisiana purchase was a purchase. It wasn't like we're taking this from you and not reimbursing you. You didn't make any effort to it giving back something monetary to black people mm -hmm. for all that you have taken. And if we did want to create a budget sheet, the the amount 
if it was a quantifiable amount, we would own the United what, States. What black people <laughs> contributed to the United States? We made them rich. We made you who you are. The United States could not have competed as such a young country. It could not have competed in any realistic circumstances on a global stage without the free labor that it had gotten from slaves. You, There was no way it could have been competitive with Britain and China, Russia at that time without all the free labor. And so America, as it stands, would not exist without the input of Black Americans. How much do you think that they that they should give us? Not that they owe us, but they should give us because obviously, you know, they can they're broke. They can't give us what they owe us. Mhm. So there are there have been a lot of numbers thrown around and I think in California the number is somewhere around a little under 3000, like somewhere in the 2250 range, 250k. Um Oh hell no. <laughs> I need at least a milli. So it needs to be something that can be reasonably given to every person. And so, and again, every group has been compensated. It was never fairly, but they Mm -hmm. were compensated in some way um, for the mistreatment that they received. Um, So, and I think even, even giving every black person $50,000, even at the low end, just like, $50,000, if people are smart, that's enough to affect the real change. I don't think so in California. But what I was going to say is this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in California, that's why the number for California, 250K, that'll do something. Something is better than nothing. Um, But you kind of made me forget my train of thought. Um, it must not have been important. It has something to do with, with like reparations and feeling. Oh, so how do you feel about them saying that we need to like prove that we are descendants of slaves because not every black American was a slave? Like, what are your thoughts on on us proving? Because a lot of us don't know who we are, and I feel like the fact that they even threw in the stipulation of you know, well, prove your slave heritage. And it's like, okay, but y'all split up, y'all split us up and y'all gave us different names, calling us Toby instead of Kutakende, you know? Mm -hmm. So how is it that I'm supposed to know? And even, even when I looked on Ancestry and went way, way back, right? It was so hard to keep up with the census because each year you may have, you know, you may have 10 kids in the house and the next year you have three. Did they die? Where did they go? Were they sold? And you just don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. So how do you... Now, obviously, in the census, that is a, a form of, 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 of slavery, right? Because the fact that that was even happening and you know that you was on a certain type of plantation or whatever, but it's still kind of hard to pinpoint exactly where it began and with who. Mm -hmm. So what I will say is that for a lot of people, if they can at least prove that they are not of first 
generation immigrant or a second generation immigrant, most likely they are descendants of slaves. <laughs> um, and so that Run should be me my money. that should be proof enough. If my grandparents are not immigrants, then I'm a descendant of slaves in America. And I, and I'm at the point where I'm not even concerned about being exclusionist to that extent within the community of the black diaspora we have our own you know disputes but i'm not against everybody getting reparations um america can pay for everybody i don't care oh you think so (laughs) you don't think they broke america is not broke they borrow well you got they have the best credit i will say that Cause how you in debt forever, but still, but still in debt forever. And why do you think that China and Africa and Russia are running for the hills? What do you mean? They're trying to change their currency from the U.S. dollar. You've heard about that, right? No, not really. Okay. Well, we're gonna research that and talk about it because yeah, they're running for the hills. So. I mean, maybe America should stop acting like they shit don't stink because maybe it's starting to finally stink. Mm -hmm. So I think currency is one thing, but the perception of what America is. I know, but you saw what Trump did, right? You're Mm -hmm. aware of what he's done when he got in office and how he did those, when it came to like imports and things like that. People talk Trump up. There are some good things that he's done. There are some bad things that he's done. But like really take into account that Obama put this implementation in place for regulating banks and things like that, trying to keep the economy from crashing as hard as it did when the housing market reached the bubble in 2008, right? Fast forward to to when Trump got in office and he's loosening the reins and allowing the banks to, you know, um, experiment a little when it comes to uh, playing with investors' money or depositors' money um, also. And then him trying to control China and being like, oh, you know, I'm going to tighten the the reins on importing and, and exporting and things like that and just trying to control the situation, which resulted in a lot of, when they talked about, oh, well, a lot of things are backed up due to COVID. Is it COVID or was it what Trump was doing? Is the narrative that you're spinning that it was COVID or was him was it him strong arming them into their independence because they were a lot stronger because we made them stronger. So, you know, it's just like, come on, what are we actually doing here? Is America really great? Because really think about it. In their greatness, a lot of things that they've done has been on the backs of other people and taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. So maybe they should think. Yeah, we should definitely wrap this up but have this conversation in the next episode. Um, because I think what's happening in this next election is going to be very important. Um, and I feel like the fallout of what happens in this election is going to be very important for America. Um, because I don't think, um, black people are willing to subscribe to America the way that it is any longer. And right now America is only as great as the people who are willing to operate it in it. And so when black people are, you know, ready to dip, 
when all of the people who make America great yeah. are ready to dip. And you already hearing too, Africa is even telling us to come home because they already know. They like, oh, we see what y'all got going on up over there. Come home. And you offering for us to have dual citizenships? Like, come on. My whole thing is I will leave in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm I'm at that point too. So, but we'll talk about it because we are clearly <laughs> over our time. Y'all, thank you so much thank for tuning in. Thank you for in. listening to Misrepresented the podcast. I'm your host Lynn and my co-host It's your girl Truth. Happy Wednesday, motherfuckers. Thank you.